0: Thank you. is a letter by Paul and I'm very excited to read this letter because in this sermon series, this letter is for the church and the biggest theme throughout all of the Ephesians letter is that God is eternal and he has a purpose to establish complete his body the church of Christ that's what this is all about, Paul talks about Christ's headship over the body the church as the Also, remember this. In the postmodern world we live in, this letter is refreshing in its strong stance for truth. We live in a world that says your feelings are your truth. And that's just a bald-faced lie from the pit of hell. I'll say it. stand on the truth alone, it does quite the opposite. It pushes us towards loving each other well, loving the church well. But we need to stand up for truth. There's too many people in the world today who don't think there is truth, or they say things like, live your truth. There is no live your truth, Oprah. Sorry. to know your truth. And so we need to understand what that means. We need to remember the truth over all the lies and the lack of reality that's very much happening in our world today. Too many of our politicians and our entertainers live in a world of lies. And we need to be living in the world of truth. And that's important here. But let's look at some aspects of sooner depending on when you calculate Christ's death, potentially, but it was written in 61 A.D. We have copies of copies of the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark that was written in 42 A.D. Let me say that again. say 33. Some commentators even say 38, AD. So remember, when this book is written, when this letter is written, this is just a few years after Christ's death and ascension from the cross to heaven. It's pretty close to the time of Paul's beheading. Approximately five to six years later. citizen. Paul was a Roman citizen, and he would have been beheaded for the reasons that he was a Roman citizen. Nice, right? See, they wouldn't have crucified him. They would have beheaded him. See, Peter was crucified, and if you know the story of Peter, Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't think it was worthy to be crucified in the same way. during that time, Nero hated all Christians. In fact, Nero hated Christianity so much that in 64 AD, three years after this letter was written, Rome burned. You all know the story of Nero playing the spittle while Rome burned? Which is very much, we understand in history that So he hated Christianity. He went out of his way to tell his governors to do everything they can to close down their churches, to kill them, to destroy everything that Christianity was about. Doesn't sound familiar today at all. Don't worship. Don't go to church. what, in Ephesus you're going to see something that's very similar to what's happening starts in an R, ends in a T-I-N-G, and has i in the middle. They were rioting in the streets. And guess what? In a dictatorship, you were killed for doing it. They'd send in their troops Spirit? which is hard to say in this kind of letter. So, when you take the Lord's name in vain, Exodus chapter 20, verse 7, when you take the Lord's name in vain, it's you saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, and then going off and doing something you're not supposed to. And then you're fighting and arguing and, and yelling at me. that the Detroit public schools teach people to drive in the left lane as slow as possible and then cut off. motorcycle. Everyone looks out for everyone who drives a motorcycle too. But you can't take the Lord's, Lord's name in vain. You have to be holy as he is holy. And when we are not doing that, we are taking his name in vain. So there it is, another guy lifting up, raising up the standard. And not just what you say, but what you say. to your husbands, and they seem to stop right there. That's it. Yes, all you wives, submit to me. No. Keep reading, guys, because then it says, Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Ephesians 5.25, what did Christ do for the church? Someone yelled it out. One day, one day, I said something to one of them, and I looked at him going, you know what, I'll just give you some money for your counselor, because everyone's got daddy issues. I do, but it was, it was bad, because I realized, oh man, I'm getting my kids to have to go to counseling. But that's what my wife got her degree in, so we're good. Anyway, so Paul was in Antioch at the time. By the way, of hearing about someone doing his second missionary journey, listen to what happens. Acts chapter um, eighteen. Acts chapter eighteen. And Paul was in Antioch at the time, and, and Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, was beaten in front of the tribunal because he brought up Paul on charges. And, and Gallio, who was a pro Sosthenes for bringing Paul in front of him. This is what happens. And here we here we go. We're going to read it. Acts chapter eighteen, verses eighteen through the end. But it says this: After this, that point of Sosthenes getting beat up, Paul stayed many days longer, and then took leave of the brothers and set sail for Syria. And with him, Priscilla. Scylla and Aquila are very, 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 extremely important women. I want you guys to understand, they're very important. At Sincre, that's how you pronounce that, Sincre, he had cut his hair. there, but he himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. Paul got to Ephesus and the first thing he did is he went into the synagogue and started sharing the gospel of Jesus. Zacharias and read his book or William Lane Craig and read their books on apologetics or Dr. Frank Turek. Many of these men have written amazing answers to stories and questions that they've heard over the many years. But this is what Paul is doing. He's going into the synagogues and he's sharing and reasoning with the Jews. Verse 20 That's what happened back then. And he declined to do it. Verse 21, and taking leave, he said to them, I will return to you if God wills. And he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church, and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time there, he departed and went from one place to the next through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the had this giant library. You ever heard of the Library of Alexandria? It was one of the seven wonders of the world until in 630 AD. There was a religious sect out of the Middle East that went through and wiped out the whole thing. Didn't want that thing to be around, so they destroyed it all. We lost all of it. Many ancient works were destroyed by one religious sect Antioch, Alexandria, Rome, and Constantinople. Five patriarchal churches. In 630 AD, the Muslims wiped out. AD, those two guys got mad at each other. Want to know what they got mad at and they split off from each other? Because the five patriarchal churches, the heads of them, Jerusalem, Antioch, Alexandria, said, I excommunicate you for your idols that you've created of God. Then the eastern Orthodox guy walked into a Roman Catholic church, and he went, what are you doing with all of these statues of Jesus? Everything's 3D. He says, I excommunicate you for all of your idols, and they split off because of 2D versus 3D. Yeah, it sounds. each other for 2D versus 3D pictures of Jesus Christ or statues. Thank you, Joel. That is dumb. But this guy Apollos is a native of Alexandria. He is a very learned man. He had the ability to go to a library that was nothing compared to it. Our Library of Congress had nothing on Alexandria. And then he came to Ephesus. Ephesus. And he was an elegant man, competent in the scriptures. Verse 25, he'd been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of Jesus. Though he knew only the baptism of John. How is that possible? The only way to be a true Christian is by baptism. Well, at least that's what some people... That's how we know you're a real Christian. Or you have to speak in tongues to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Where's your defense to that when you talk about Apollos? By the way, they don't have a defense to that. Because then they keep reading on. But listen to what happens. He was fervent in spirit. He spoke and taught accurately things concerning Jesus, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogues when Priscilla and Aquila... explained to him the way of God more accurately. They shared a little more truth with him. And when he had wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him there. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who, through grace, had believed. And for powerfully, he powerfully refuted the Jews in public and showed the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. So Apollos is there, speaking reminds me of Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the chance in Molding, door and Wayland to really share the truth of scriptures. Not just by what we say, but what we i will because... It's cool stuff, but listen to what happens in Ephesus and see if it reminds you of something today. Are you ready? Acts chapter 19, listen to this, and it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, as he left Ephesus to go to Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus, and there he found some disciples, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Said to him, Into what then you were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptism was baptism was of repentance. So you made the first step, but what's the second step? Speak speaking gibberish and someone's able to interpret it, congratulations. But nine times out of ten, it's a known spoken language Started speaking in a charismatic church, and one of the brothers gets up and says, This is what my brother said. 8. He entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly. He entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. Paul is reasoning with the Jews the resurrection and death of the perfect Lamb who died for all of their sins and they take that and go, yay, we believe it! Oh, wait, is that what they do? Let's look and see what they do. Verse 9, but when some became Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's so offensive to many. And so we were called the way. It wasn't until Antioch when Christians were actually called Christians because they were like, you're acting like that Jesus guy. You must be Christ-like. You're Christians. Again, church history, go read Acts. kind of interesting. But they become stubborn. evil of the way before the congregation. And he, Paul, withdrew from them and took his disciples with him, reasoning daily in the halls of Tyrannus. The halls of Tyrannus are very interesting. Tyrannus was a very wealthy individual, and he created a hall that you could go and you could learn from others and hear their points of view. And they would debate and reason. It's kind of like sacrifice. to think it was the universities, but now the universities say, if you've got a differing view, we don't want to hear it. Get out. You're hurting my ears. You're causing me to feel bad. So if you have a descending." Listen in on what your kids are learning at home. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah. Sign away but you're not going to listen to what we're teaching your children at home. This is homeschooling for the masses. That's what they're doing. And if you listen in on what they're teaching... Verse 10, he continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Both Jews and Greeks. Let me move on past this. So the word of the to what's happening now and tell me if you see world events, current world events. Are you ready? Verse 21, now after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and go to Jerusalem, saying, after I've been there, I must also see Rome, and having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while, but about that time arose no little disturbance concerning verse 24 for a man named Demetrius a silversmith who made silver shrines to Artemis Artemis is the goddess of Diana by the way Ephesus is not in Greece it's in modern day Turkey so similar trades and said, men, you know that from this business we have our wealth, making all of these little shrines to Artemis, to, to Diana, the goddess. And you see her in here that no, not only in Ephesus, but almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people. They stopped. And there is danger not only in this trade of ours, he says, and may come into disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing. They're calling our goddess a nothing. She may even be disposed from her magnificence, and she whom all Asia and the world worship. What's going on in the world right now? And if Christians stand up for every life, we're considered bad people. Unborn children, we're considered bad. We stand up for truth, we're considered bad. We stand up for the way of God, we're considered bad. We stand up for God's rules and laws and ways of being, we're considered bad. This isn't nothing new. If you stand up for God, the world's going to hate you, Jesus said. Here it is. Another example. So welcome to the club, guys. Welcome to being persecuted for standing up for abortion is wrong. It's immoral. How do I love you through it? How do I care for you through it? I will. We will as a church love you no matter what decision you've made. Because God loves you no matter what Thank you. is Artemis of the Ephesians. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. And so the city was filled with confusion, and they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Arcus, Macedonians who were with Paul's companions in travel. And when Paul wished to go in among the crowds, the disciples would not let him. And even some of the Asiarchs, who were friends with his, sent him and were some another from the assembly, which was in confusion, and most of them did not know what they had come to come together for. Why do you think there's organized rioting now? Because when you organize a riot, now you can all have some common goal, some common understanding. Back then when they rioted, they had no clue what they were doing. They just knew they got to get together. Mob mentality. some of the crowd promoted or prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander motioning with his hand wanted to make a defense to the crowd, but when they recognized that he was a Jew for about two hours, they all cried out with one voice, Great is Artemis of the Thirty-five. When the crowd clerk or town clerk had quieted the crowd, he finally got everyone to be quiet. Men of Ephesus, who is it? Who is there? Who does not know that the city of Ephesus is the temple keeper of the great Artemis and is the sacred stone that had fallen from the sky? Seeing that those things it could not be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash, for you have brought these men here who are neither sect. Sacri- There are pro-councils, people who can judge them. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in a regular assembly. For we are in danger of being charged with rioting. Some think we do. No, we don't. Let me give you a little understanding of our history. The President of the United States, whether you like him or don't, his job is to protect everything that's federal. That means federal court buildings, that means federal anything. And so if he sends in troops to protect the federal stuff, that's his job. Whether you like him or don't like him, he's not sending people. This is Ephesus for you. Christianity probably came to Ephesus, as many scholars think, because of Priscilla and a This was a big commercial place in Asia. There was a lot of money. It's modern day Turkey, it's not Greece. And it was a religious center for the worship of Artemis or Diana, as many know. And Diana was the, the goddess of the countryside. Did you know that? She was the goddess of the crossroads and the goddess of the underworld. That's what she was the goddess of. It was a major trading city. what we're going to. We're going to a place, Ephesus, and you get to see what these people are going through. After Paul, Timothy was in charge of Ephesus for a time. Just so you're aware, 1 Timothy 1.3, you can find that out. And then later, John made the city his headquarters. That's Ephesus. there today. I can't wait to see what happens next week. I can't wait to really dig into your word and know it more. Because there is truth that happened back then, 2,000 years ago, that is true for us today. And so help us to worship you with everything we've got. To be a bold